Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. And we're on a mission to help you achieve your goals. We're all about sharing the secrets of the world's most innovative and pioneering successful women. Hear their uplifting stories and practical advice right here. And look out for our how-to episodes where Claire and I dissect tricky career issues and share tips and advice to help you navigate the toughest of times. So don't stop Sign up for our newsletter at hello at don'tstopusnow.co and keep listening for this week's latest episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first how-to episode for 2020. It's a pretty topical one in that we're covering how to have a great year. Yeah, it's quite a big deal, isn't it? You know, 2020. And the beginning of a whole new decade. Yes, yes, it is. 2020, new decade. That's big. You know, the, the 1920s in the last century, they were known as the Roaring Twenties. I wonder what this decade's going to be known for. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I wonder indeed. I did a little bit of research about this coming year, though, and it turns out that the United Nations has declared 2020 the year of plant health. Mm. And in fact... Yeah, the World Health Organization, or otherwise known as WHO, has declared this year as the year of nurses and midwives. I did not know that. Interesting, isn't it? You know, and I was thinking that those two things, plant health and nurses and midwives, kind of have some important things in common. You know, plants, it's all about nurturing and growing, and nurses and midwives help deliver babies, and they absolutely need nurturing growth. So maybe I was thinking that this year is the year of nurturing our own personal growth. Mm, Who knows? Maybe it is. Well, that's probably enough speculation, Gret, about the significance of 2020 for now, I think. Yep. Let's get on with working out how we're going to have a truly great 2020. Absolutely. So we've given a lot of thought on how to make the next 20 minutes as powerful and useful to you and your year ahead as we can. In order to make the most of the time, we're going to focus just on the year and not on any longer term goal setting or your values or your purpose. But of course, all of those things are really important ingredients in setting yourself up for the best year. So check out our episode on how to breathe easy about your purpose if you're looking for inspiration on working out what your purpose is. Indeed. And of course, the other thing to say is that there's no one right way to plan for having a great year. We're all different people and we respond differently to different things. So don't feel you have to do all the things we share here. What we hope is that you'll find at least some of them useful. And we do use research-backed tips and advice but it doesn't mean to say it's automatically right for you personally. We've tried to give you some different options, including, as you'll see later, channeling your inner artist. 
Mm, your inner artist, exactly. Well, let's get started. And perhaps counterintuitively, we want to start by getting you to look back. Yes, to think about your last year, 2019. You know, in this day and age, we can be so preoccupied and earnest about what we want to achieve that most of us forget to take stock of what we've already achieved. So true. And it's just so important. Yeah. The first thing to set yourself up for this year is to note down all the things that you've achieved and went well last year. Really take a moment to reflect on and feel good about those achievements. Out of interest, Gret, what was the highlight for you last year? Oh, well, I don't know about the number one highlight, but one highlight would definitely be being a finalist in the Best New Podcast Awards. It was pretty up there. How about you? Yeah, no, that actually, that was really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got a couple actually. I mean, the first thing is we started off the year with six weeks in South America. So that was pretty damn fantastic because (laughs) traveling is super, super important to me and I really get huge amounts of energy from it. All right for some. (laughs) Absolutely. And then the other thing was personally a highlight, actually, and a highlight for me every year, because I make it a priority, is to get back to England to spend some time with my family, because that nourishes my soul and is just so important. But from a work perspective, the highlight was doing that piece of work that we did in Thailand all last year with a group of women in a tech company where we made the biggest impact and that just made my heart sing. Absolutely. That really was so rewarding and fulfilling to see the changes in those women over that almost year-long leadership program. Great one. You know, there's another thing that's really valuable and that is to ensure you take half an hour or so to reflect on what didn't go well in the past year, not of bashing yourself up, but in the context of asking yourself, what could you learn from these disappointments or setbacks you may have experienced? It's really actually important from a brain point of view that you ask yourself constructive questions when you think about these things. And the questions could be, what can I learn from this? Or what could I do differently next time? Yeah, I love curious questions. Our previous guest, Jodie Fox, is a huge believer in the value of curiosity when looking back at past failures and and importantly, learning from them. One of the big takeaways that I hope people get is a sense of how to be curious rather than judgmental of failures of themselves and others. Wise advice from Jodie Fox there. It's oh so easy to get stuck into judging ourselves harshly, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, there's another exercise though that I personally really love. And it's one we've both tried actually for a couple of years now that we learned from author and podcaster Tim Ferriss. Now he suggests going through your diary of meetings from last year and identifying which gave you the most energy and which didn't. Now, this is a really great way of understanding yourself and what gives you fulfillment. And I particularly love it. The way I do it is I look at what made me feel positive and what made me feel negative. And I do less of the negative things and more of the positive things. And is it always that you feel negative or is it almost like sometimes that you just left feeling kind of like an energy suck experience? Yeah. I mean, it could be an energy suck experience, but I guess I see that really as As being as a negative. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, a great one. You really like that one, don't you? I do. I do, I do. Well, that's 
the first step that we suggest to having a great 2020, and it's to really reflect and think about your 2019. The next step is we want you to think about your mindset. Before we get around to things like goal setting and the earnest business of nose to the grindstone working hard for the year, we can't stress enough that if you're to have a great, not just a good, but a great year, mindset and positivity count for almost everything. Yeah, they sure do. Now, many research studies have confirmed that positive people are more successful. And the thing is, research has shown that if you can frame things positively and you can feel positive emotions such as joy or gratitude or happiness, even fleetingly, then this will help you see the big picture more easily. And that will help you be more innovative and creative. If you can see the big picture, it's a whole lot easier to keep things in perspective, the good and of course the bad. Exactly. There's another aspect to cultivating positivity that's very worthwhile and it helps counterbalance the stress we can all experience in our lives at different times. I was checking out some research for this episode and studies have shown that just a few seconds of positivity can help erase the negative effects of cortisol, which is the stress hormone in your body. Now, that's been really pertinent for me to think about, and it's actually made me decide to introduce a new daily routine, a positivity-building habit, because I know that I'm likely to have a stressful year ahead based on the past six months. Yeah, I think you probably do, to be honest, unfortunately. Yeah, and if you're wondering what we're referring to, listeners, my elderly dad got pretty sick halfway through last year, and as his only child and my mum's not alive, it's been really upsetting and stressful to see him change. And then also, though, have the responsibility of being his carer and to navigate the health and the care system and help support him. On numerous occasions last year, I found myself waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to get back to sleep, but being anxious about one aspect of what was going on or another aspect. And you know that awful scenario where you're lying awake and you just can't get something out of your thoughts and it stops you from going back to sleep until you can distract yourself successfully? Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, so it's been quite hard on a number of occasions to kind of manage my stress. So Given I think my dear dad's journey is kind of going to continue along the same way this year, I'm going to make extra efforts to deliberately cultivate positive emotions, which will counterbalance and help neutralize, you know, the potential harmful effects of those potential sleepless nights or stress that I might experience. And also to remind myself not to worry too much about things I can't control. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was it was really noticeable how worried and stressed you were at times last year, Gret. Mm. So I think it's actually a perfect time to remind ourselves and listeners that when we ask our guests what advice they would give their 30-year-old selves, a very significant number of those international high achievers said, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? <laughs> I will tell her that, don't worry, you know, you have a bright future. <laughs> you have an amazing future. And I, I think I do now. What would you tell your 30-year-old self if you could today? I would tell my 30-year-old self to probably worry less because life is pretty good. 
What would your advice to your 30-year-old self be today if you could give yourself um, advice? I'd be really hard because I would just say don't worry about it. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just try stuff and, and not be afraid to keep trying things. A clear and consistent message there from Aya Asso, Rachel Botsman and Lindley Edwards. It's such a powerful reminder, isn't it? I mean, we all can tend to worry too much. And of course, with worry comes experiencing stress and the negative things that that can bring on your body if it happens over you know, a significant period of time in particular. So with that in mind, let's actually get specific now and share some of the ways that we can actually cultivate more positive emotions and It'll make life more enjoyable from the get-go as well. It sure will. And to be clear, we're not just saying this because of our own personal experience. There are countless studies linking positivity to success and our ability to function better. Positive psychology has contributed a lot to this field too. Yeah. So let's talk about techniques, shall we? Yes. Okay. So number one, the first technique is to try and have a gratitude journal and write down three things every day that you're grateful for. Now, I know you do this, Greta, don't you? Yeah, I don't write it down and I don't know how much I miss out on extra good feelings or positivity from not writing it down, but I try and I'm really actually getting back into it more so now having sort of spent some time reflecting on this week's episode, but I really try before I get out of bed to make sure I've come up with three things that I'm grateful for. Yeah, that's great that you've got a habit, you've got a time of day that you do it. The second thing is meditation. You know, I know that everybody talks about meditation, but it really is incredibly powerful. Even, even for the smallest of time, even two minutes can make a difference. I mean, preferably longer, preferably 10 or 20 minutes. But if you can do two minutes every day, just do it. Now, number three, this is an interesting one. Surprise someone with praise or something positive every day, because that actually just the act of you making somebody feel good makes you feel good. And then finally, number four, and this is one I do every day, take a photo of something you love, find funny or inspiring every day, because then you can look back at it and just remember those little moments And they just make you feel so positive. Yeah, you really love doing that. It's kind of like your little moments of magic when you both take the shot, you get so much joy, but also, as you say, then perhaps going back and editing it or looking at it and the like. It really speaks to you. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that's just, you know, it's really special for me. Okay, well... We started out reflecting on our last year and now we've looked at the vital importance of being positive and optimistic and we've had a few techniques to start you off on that. I think it's time now to look at the third step in setting yourself up for a great year and that is goal setting. Terrific, yay. Now, it can be quite a laden and burdensome topic in its own. Yeah, it's just sort of a bit earnest sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, but the science actually shows that setting goals helps most people achieve more and be more successful and even helps improve people's self-confidence. But we recognise that diligent goal setting doesn't work for everyone. Lindley Edwards, for example. I do not have some big plan. I have some things that I really like doing. And they will be in that, you know, from personal life and also from 
if I would like to go back to doing some teaching, but, but I don't know. All I know is that my life is a series of, of small steps and I say yes to things and then see what happens. So I don't have any big blueprint. While Lindley Edwards doesn't have a grand plan for her year, many people do and the research shows that having goals for yourself can really make a positive difference. And we want to share with you here a few key considerations to think about when setting yourself some goals for 2020. First, really try to visualize what you want to be different by the end of 2020 See it in your mind's eye as if you're there right now because studies show that that if we have a mental picture of us achieving our goal, then our brain kind of automatically starts to rewire itself to help you achieve that goal and the picture you visualized. So we recommend you make some time, you know, take at least half an hour to really just think about what is it that you would love to be different by the end of the year and visualize it. Yeah, I love that. It's so good. And my vision board also helps me with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, a common question is how many goals should I set for myself? It's a really good question because if you're unrealistic about what's possible, then having goals can backfire on your motivation and self-esteem. So the way we like to think about it is to think about the different roles that you play in life. You know, for example, maybe you're a mum, a daughter, an employee, a wife, a community volunteer, whatever. I mean, for me, you know, I've got various different portfolios and hats that I wear. Then think about your three most important roles during 2020. What's one goal for each of those roles that is really important to you to achieve by the end of the year? I like that. It's good. It helps to just keep things streamlined because we can't drown ourselves with endless numbers of goals for a year. It's just not realistic. The other thing though about the goals that you visualize for yourself is to make sure they excite you. You know, you've probably heard of having a SMART goal where SMART is an acronym for make sure that your goal is S for specific, then make sure it's M for measurable, and then it's A for attainable or achievable, and then R for being relevant to you. And T for time, that it's got a deadline. But that SMART acronym doesn't actually say anywhere, make sure that you genuinely want that or that you're excited by it. So we think you also need to kind of feel that hell yeah when you think about achieving your goal that you set for a specific role. Hell yeah, you do. (laughs) And now the next thing is to write your goals down. Research shows that you're much more likely to achieve them if you write them down. One 2015 study found that you were 33% more likely to achieve your goals if you wrote them down. The other technique that a lot of people find helpful is to create a pictorial vision board, as I just mentioned, where you put your goals and you, you create sort of like a collage and you stick it on the wall so that you keep getting reminded of it and you really can see that vision. And, you know, we've both done that, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And it's nice to have a visual reminder, not just the literal words. Um, it, for some reason, if you have photos that or pictures that evoke the goal you're after, it's sort of a way of keeping it again, lighter and more aspirational. And I sort of all, all for that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Interestingly, On this subject of whether, you know, like writing down and putting things on the wall in a vision board um, sense, 
there's really mixed research advice about whether you should tell other people your goals. Quite a few recent studies have found that if you tell someone and then they kind of praise you or congratulate you for having that worthy goal, your brain can actually react then as if you've already achieved the goal and that can backfire. Yeah, no, I I mean, I understand that in terms of the way the brain works. But for me, I find actually telling people about my goal holds me accountable. And so if I don't hit that goal, then I'm going to feel shame because I've said I would. So that's how I use it. So I I guess it depends on how you work. Look, absolutely. And it's horses for courses, I think. And I think one of the things that matters there is, you know, who you tell and whether it's someone, you know, that you trust. And obviously in your case, it's also someone whom you would respect because if you were to then feel shame that you didn't achieve that goal, you know, that's because you really care what that other person thinks about, you know, about you and about what you've said. So that, you know, I think, yeah, the research is just, we're just highlighting that there's some different views on that. Now, once you have your goals for the year written down, the key to achieving big goals, a year-long goal, for example, is to break it down into small, bite-sized, actionable steps. We recommend that you work backwards from your end goal for what you want by the end of 2020, and then figure out what you'd need to have done by, say, the end of June 2020 to be on progress, on target towards that, and then break that down again into the first three months of the year. And then write down what actions you need to take because we're now in the beginning of February, what actions you need to take in February. And at the end of each month, make sure you check back in and update what steps you need to take for the following month. Yeah, that check-in is really important. But actually, most importantly, make sure you take a small action urgently. The sooner you do something, no matter how small, towards achieving your goals, the better. And then finally, you need to check in with your goals and your progress, ideally every month. Make it a habit. Yeah, absolutely. And couldn't agree more with just do something now as soon as you can towards creating momentum towards your goal. It actually kind of signals to you and your brain and your subconscious that you're up and running. So we've nearly come to the end of this episode. We've covered off a few steps and techniques we think can be really valuable starting with reviewing and appreciating your last year and reflecting on any key lessons you can take away. We then talked about how important your mindset is and consciously working to inject more positivity into your day, as this will really affect how you feel your year progresses, as well as your confidence, your chances of success and your well-being. Yeah, and worry less. Absolutely. Worry less. Then we looked at goal setting and our key message here would be to not be overly ambitious in the number of goals you set yourself and frame them in a way that really excites you. Absolutely. Great advice. Now, for those who like simple analogies to work with, you could choose to think about your year like this. Approach it like an artist. Think like an artist in picturing in your mind's eye the outcomes you want this year. Then be like an artist and stop and savour the small, beautiful moments that you see and experience in everyday life. Notice them. Cultivate those positive emotions like gratitude and joy. And then act like an artist 
And once you've sketched the outline of your goal for the year, then work methodically to color in the drawing in detail week by week until at the end of the year, you have a masterpiece. Exactly. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. We hope you try at least some of the things to set yourself up in the best possible way for the remaining 11 months of 2020. Indeed we do. Have a great week, everyone, and stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be speaking to social technologist and futurist Cecilia Tan. You'll be amazed by her insights into what the future will look like. Ciao for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.